personally like to be in uh which gift would you like to be used in so if if this is kind of a moment of transparency um for you if you want to just unmute yourself and chime in real quick which gifts would you like to see used more and used in <clears throat> Okay, I waited long enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, well, I think from for myself, um, that's an interesting question. Um, I'd like to see you use more. Yeah, either you or just in general doesn't have to be you, but you you haven't really seen this particular gift used very much. You'd like to see it used more. You know, Pastor, you've. <laughs> I was going to say prophecy, the gift of prophecy. I don't know if we've touched on that one yet. Um, but I realized I'm saying it because I'm a student of prophecy. And I, I've never really thought to myself, do I want to hear people prophesying? Uh, and that's more the, 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 the trend as opposed to the other stuff that you talked about last week. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah, I... I I'm a, that's my that was my original answer, but I'm I'm really thinking about it now, and I I don't know yet, so I'll come okay. back. Prophecy, okay. Yeah. Anybody else? What gift would you like to see used more in the church? I would like to see more tongues interpretation. You know, with you know in the movie the service that people would be feel more. Oh, I just yeah, just leave it at that. I would like to see more tongues interpretation myself. Okay. There's no right or wrong answer. It's just maybe a gift you haven't seen used very often or would like to see used more. Um, I'm not sure if I'm like phrasing this correctly, but like the gift of faith. Yeah. Um, like I have to agree with Sister Barb and my dad with the prophecy and um, the tongues interpretations. When I hear that, like, when I've been in services that that has happened, I found those so comforting mm -hmm. and it just like felt like something I could hold on to when life is very uncertain. Mm -hmm. But then I paused for a moment. I was like, yes, that feels good. But like, what would kind of force me beyond my comfort zone? What is something that is going to force me to trust God more? And kind of like a song I recently learned was that or heard it was saying that you don't have faith until your plans don't go the way you wanted them to and you still have to keep going and right. you still have to trust that God's going to work it out. Yeah. So I don't know if it's whether it's used more or like I'm using it, but like I know that I need to work on faith and like having faith and being yeah. more trusting. So, yeah. Okay. Good. Good answers. I'm All just right. going to... Sorry, Pastor. I was just going to say I would like to see perhaps the gift of healing used more. Okay. I feel like I don't see that enough. I, that's just one of the things that I'd like to see. That's all yeah. I'll say. I'll let you get back in. <laughs> uh, I'm with you on that, Sister Stacey. Uh, healings and miracles are things that I've heard lots of. 
Um, and I've seen and heard, I, I, I've witnessed a few in my life, um, healing and miracle. Um, but I would definitely like to see more of those things um, at work, for sure. Uh, so uh, that's great, because that brings us into what we're talking about tonight. Um, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 9 says, To another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, another diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. But we're going to focus on faith, healing, and the working of miracles. These are what are referred to as the power gifts. They are the power gifts. Um, the gift of faith, the gift of healing, or the, I'm sorry, the gifts of healing. You might notice uh, the, the, the plural there, gifts of healing by the same spirit. Working of miracles. These are the ones that we're going to be focusing on. So the gift of faith is a supernatural endowment of faith to believe God for something impossible. And we'll be talking mostly about that tonight. Um, the gift of faith is different from your natural faith, or perhaps uh, the better terminology is like regular faith or saving faith. The faith that you exercise in just believing that God is and God exists. And the trust, um, uh, Grace talked about wanting to trust God more and working on that trust. That is different from the gift of faith. Remember, all the gifts of the Spirit are a momentary endowment from the Spirit. In other words, a momentary gift. God kind of supercharges something that's naturally there, um, and he, he emphasizes it for a the purpose of building the church, so either bringing the lost in or edifying, strengthening the body as it exists. <clears throat> so the gift of faith is a special gift of faith for something impossible. Gifts of healing, the reason why it's um, it's not singular, gift of healing, is because it seems as though there's an indication that there is there's multiple kinds of healing, uh, mental healing, emotional healing, physical healing. And within physical healing, you have all kinds of specialists. You know, you have dermatologists, you have uh, neurosurgeons, you have, you know, just your family practitioners within the doctor world, the medical world. There's all kinds of uh, specialties and um, diversifying there. And I think it's the same in the spirit. I think that's what the, the text is indicating, that there is multiple gifts of healing that God can bring. And it, it means wholeness and someone recovering. So it does not involve necessarily a miracle. A healing can take place over time. A healing from the Lord can take place over time. A working of miracles. Miracles are something that is impossible to explain by natural explanation. So a, a miracle is the immediate removal of cancer. It's the dissolving of a tumor in a few seconds. It's the immediate reversal of a situation. You know, uh, you, you, you met with somebody and they were saying one thing, and then you meet with them a short time later, and they're saying something completely different. They've had a complete change of mind, a complete change of heart. That's a miracle. 
a divine protection, you know, a stories of, of a car accident was about to happen, but all of a sudden the person finds himself safe and on the other side of the accident and, and they testify that God spared their life. That's a miracle. That's the working of miracles. So they're, they're different things and there's um, they're different from healing. We'll, we'll dive a little bit deeper into each one of these and we'll start with the gift of faith. But before we do, I want to do one more little discussion. So we got the ice broke a little bit there. Hopefully you guys can be a little uh, uh, um, a little bit more quick on this one. But what are some possible reasons why people want to see the power gifts more often than not? Now, I know tonight I posed this question, uh, the first question, and uh, there was only a few of us that said we want to see healings and miracles more. Um, which I mean, that's just the nature of the things, but, but there is, there does seem to be a desire to see physical miracles, healings, and, uh, miraculous deliverances. What do you think is the draw? What do you think is the draw that people want to see miracles? People want to see healing. People want the working of miracles and healings to be in an operation in the church. For me, go ahead. No, no, I talk a lot. <laughs> For me, we have missionaries that come through. We've heard stories over the years of miracles. And we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And God does not love the person that lives in Africa more than he loves us. So I believe that I would like to see what they've experienced. You know, we, we read the stories. We heard them personally like i think we need to see it here in canada also that's how i see it okay thank you yeah, I, I think the draw um i think it's been around for 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 quite some time at least in the time of jesus uh people flock to him because of the miracles uh, our human tendency we are odd we're mystified by the supernatural and um, I think it's normal for us to, to be drawn to that. My, but I have concerns <laughs> about the, uh, those things because uh, it is so easy. It's so easy for us to fall into, into, um, into, into, into people worship where, where, oh, the minister, oh, this is a healing minister. And, um, and, and I mean, we elevate people who can't even work miracles almost to godlike status sometimes because they're sure. they're powerful preachers or teachers, and so um, yeah. It, why the draw is because it's supernatural. It is it is it is unexpected. I mean, people were gathered uh, uh, with Mary and Martha. Martha, the brother was dead, and the man came out of the tomb. I know. Yeah. <laughs> shook that shook the world there so uh, i'd be i'd, I'd want to go see i don't and um yeah. and, I'd make a, and i would hear times when people say oh there's a there's a missionary coming and 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 they say the first night there was a healing everybody's at service the next night because people <laughs> <laughs> say, right. somebody get up out of the chair or, or something like that so sure. yeah for me i'm with sister barb um, I've heard over the years testimonies from missionaries, pastors, you name it, you hear the testimonies. 
And I think for me, the more the most profound of all that I'd heard about was a mother that, and this is in the last, I would say, six years or so. She was speaking at a ladies, I believe, convention or conference or whatnot. And she she stood up and said, you know, she she got a word from the Lord at some years before saying that her son was going to be a pastor and or, you know, that kind of thing. And all of a sudden she gets a call in the middle of the night to hear that her son had been in an accident and he's deceased. When the long story short, she tells the hospital, don't touch his body. When she finally gets to the destination of the hospital, she takes a look at her son and begins to pray. He is good as dead, no life, nothing. But but when everything is said and done, he, the Lord moved and and a miracle happened and he came back to life. Hearing that is amazing. So yeah, yeah, I, I am with sister Barb that I, you just, You've heard of it before, and yes, you just want to see God move in a, 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 in, a in a a beautiful way like that again. Yeah, absolutely. That also includes some word of faith. I mean, if the mother having a word that her son's going to be a minister and he's dead before the time, so it can't be. You know, it got to go and uh, uh, and God has to bring him back to to life. So I'm like yeah. Abraham. You know. Yeah. God so there's there there's there's prophecy mm-hmm. involved. The gift of prophecy. Right the uh the gift of faith mm-hmm. and the working of miracles Amen. in that one situation but yeah Amen. exactly oh and the conclusion of that was he did become a pastor so uh, god god he's true to his word amen yes amen well that's great those are some great stories sorry sir um yeah. It sort of it, it it brought me back to and I'm trying to remember which of the prophets now was it Elijah or I think it was Elisha when um, you know the, the was it a Shunammite woman well some lady and her husband uh, and they used to prepare a little room for him every time he would pass by and yeah. uh, he asked what can we do for you and he blessed him you know God, well he prayed and God blessed him with a child and the child died but she was adamant I mean she her faith yeah. was he went back and you know, so what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. And he even said, Lord, how come you didn't show me that the child was dead? It was, it, but the mother's faith was, was just amazing. So, yeah, okay. exactly. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we, everyone's touched on an, um, some really, you know, I think we're feeling similar things. We, we've heard the stories. We want to actually see it for ourselves. Um, and so it's very important when we're dealing with the gifts of the spirit to ask ourselves these questions, why do we want to see these particular gifts in operation? Because the why is probably the most important question we can ask. Um, or, or, you know, what is going on with us? What is it that we want to see and why? What is our motive for wanting the gifts of the spirit to be in operation? It's so important because many times we want to see these particular gifts in, in, in order to, sad to say, some want to see them for the sake of approval. They want to be approved of um, or to inflate their ego. They want to be used of God because they want to be powerful in the spirit. Not a great motive, not a great motive uh, for being used, whether, you know, in any of the gifts, really. 
Um, and then in other cases, some people want to be want to see these gifts in operation or want to be used in them to heal some of their own self-esteem. Well, if God will use me in this gift, then then that must mean I am spiritual. So there's a sense of they 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 want they're seeking this for the sake of bolstering their own low self-esteem. Another motive for for this might just be curiosity. You know, we've heard the stories, we want to see God do it. And almost to uh give a booster shot to our own faith, you know, that that I've I've heard this for others, I want to see it for myself. And that one in particular isn't necessarily a bad motive, but it's not the best motive, really. I mean, just to see it to say that we saw it or just to see it so that we can we can kind of put our own doubts at ease and say well i've seen it for myself i know it's true i know god will do it that's not necessarily bad but it's not the best motive um the the best motive for the gifts of the spirit is love the best motive i want to see this because there is a need for it I want to see this person healed, not to bolster my own self-esteem, not to have a claim of power or authority or approval from others as, wow, they're used in the gifts, not so that, that my own doubts can be, you know, appeased, but I want to see this person healed because I love them and I have compassion for them and what they're facing what they're going through. We need to pull ourselves back to that motive. And and part of doing that is not slapping your hand. Oh, man, I, I know my motive isn't right. Oh, I'm so bad. I, I should really be doing this out of love. It's, it's being broken before the Lord and saying, God, you know, the truth is I want to see miracles because I really haven't seen one yet. And it would be kind of nice to see that. But God, I want you to move in your timing, in your will, and I would like you to use me in whatever gift you have for me to be used in. And, and I want to be used in the gift that's the best for the situation. I want to be used in the gift of whatever so that your love can be shown through me. And, and it's okay to, to express to the Lord what our original motive was, what our first motive was he knows anyway but it's good for us to acknowledge oh yeah i really want to see this gift in operation because and we name the why we figure out for ourselves what is the reason behind our motive to see this gift used or to be used ourselves and then and then compare it back to what paul has been talking about in first corinthians is love and the strengthening of the body if it does not come in under those two things then then it's not the best motive. And it might be a, an okay motive, but not the best. The best motive is love. Do I want this because I know God loves his church and I know God loves me and I want God's love to be shown through me. I want to be a vessel for his love. If that's, if that's a yes, emphatic yes, then we're in a good spot. We're in a good space, a good headspace to be, to be available for God to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, when we're talking about the gift of faith 
as I mentioned before, um, the gift of faith is is more than just your average faith. It's more than just the standard faith. And in order for us to understand the gift of the faith, we have to understand faith in general, okay? So uh, Hebrews 11, 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So no matter how, in, in other words, no matter how much evidence you get, no matter how much scientific uh, work you want to do, no matter how much um, of the apologetics you want to search and dive into, and apologetics is a big theological term for the defense of, of the Bible, no matter how much history you want to pour over and find evidence that, that the Bible is true and the Word of God is trustworthy, and by the way, there is lots out there, no matter how much of that you get under your belt, you will still have to approach God on the level of faith. If you try to approach God on the level of intellectual knowledge and understanding, you'll never get there and you'll never ever please God. Because at some point in your walk with God, you've got to accept something strictly by faith. And when you accept something by faith, you believe that God is and that he rewards them that diligently seek him. You're on the right track. See, the, 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 the facts are Israel had some of the greatest miracles ever recorded in history in the space of a short period of time. The 10 plagues unleashed on Egypt were some of the greatest miracles that God ever performed on a large scale in a short period of time. Yet, that same group of people that saw all these dramatic miracles lacked the basic amount of faith it took to get them from the wilderness to the promised land. And even when they got to the promised land, after seeing what God did to Egypt, God decimated the armies of Egypt. He decimated the economy of Egypt. He decimated the religion of Egypt. He, he, he laid it to waste completely. After seeing all that, they get to the promised land and they go, I don't know, we're like grasshoppers. They're like giants. Can't do it. So miracles didn't do it for them. All the evidence they were given wasn't enough. You can you can see all the miracles you want, and, and it's nice to want miracles. It's good. It's not wrong. Um, but the facts are, you can see all the miracles in your life and still lose out with God on, on the account of your faith, your trust in God. So miracles and healings, by the way, you know, someone can come up with a natural reason why that miracle is not a miracle. Some And people try, often try to explain away a healing or a miracle as just a natural occurrence. It wasn't really anything special, not, not really anything to be attributed to the gifts of the Spirit. Um, and, and you can do that with knowledge. You can do that with wisdom. You know, all of those things could just be explained away. The supernatural can be sucked out of the equation um, because ultimately it requires faith for you to please God a trust in something that you cannot see or explain, and you believe and attribute that to God, that's faith. So, uh, by the way, to also not believe in God requires a lot of faith, because 
just I know the onus is sometimes put on Christians to explain and prove that God exists. But sometimes the onus should be put on the atheists and the those who claim evolution and so on and so forth to explain their own things. Because, by the way, it, it is called the theory of evolution, after all. It's only a theory. Um, it, it's not exactly science, because science is something that can be observed, it can be tested, it can be, you know, uh, looked at. And I'm, by the way, I'm no scientist, but but suffice to say, nobody was there when God created the heavens and the earth. Well, no one was there, uh, if you want to believe in evolution, when the when the primates turned into humans, you know, and sure we have fossil records, we have all kinds of things. All I'm saying here is that for both, nobody was present to witness it. We have to rely on faith for both, faith for God and faith for evolution or whatever other explanation you want to offer. At the end of the day, you need faith for both things. So um, if you're going to come to God and please God, you've got to have faith in him. You've got to put confidence in him and his word. The Bible tells us that everybody has been given a measure of faith. Everybody has been given a measure of faith. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 9 tells us that that everybody, God has given everybody a measure of faith, something that he's assigned to everybody. He's given everybody a, the capacity for faith, and it's been like portioned out to every person. And what you do with that measure, what you do with that portion of faith will determine if you please God or if you don't please God. <clears throat> and, and we find this in John chapter 6, verse 44 where Jesus said, no man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him. So Jesus indicates nobody can even come to God unless God first deposits in them something that would draw them to Christ, that would draw them to the Lord. Uh, I've heard people testify. One gentleman stood up many years ago and testified and said, well, I know, I know that many of you think that 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 God led you to church, but I just want you to know, I I found God. God didn't find me. I found God, <laughs> and I was just kind of like, oh man, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you can't even come to Jesus unless God pulls on your heart, unless God draws you. In other words, He gives you a measure of faith. He gives you a portion of faith. And it's up to you whether you want to act on that or respond to it, but it's been given to you by God. He puts the hook in you, and he draws you. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So if you hear the word, you are in a prime opportunity to, to allow faith to be deposited in your heart and to pull on you and to draw you. And, and this is what, what God does. He he draws, he pulls, he deposits faith in our spirit, in our life, and then he exposes us to his word and begins the wooing. He begins the drawing. And it's up to us whether or not we want to act on it. James chapter 2, verse 17 says, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead. So if I don't act on that faith and put works to what I believe, then that faith dies. It atrophies. It, it just kind of stays there in in its you know seed form it stays in its you know 
small portion status. It doesn't grow. It doesn't produce anything. It stays in that little zone. If I don't act on it, you know, I can believe all day that exercise and healthy food choices is going to benefit me. I can believe that intellectually. But if I don't act on that, my faith in 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 uh, exercise and uh, healthy food is basically dead. It's not producing anything. It's not growing. I'm not learning. I'm not growing in that area of my life. But the moment I begin to put that into action, you know, I go to the gym, I go for a walk, I go for a bike ride, I eat healthier options. I say no to the third chocolate bar in the day. And I say yes to the, the, the apple or the whatever, then I'm, I am acting on my faith. Now, Peter tells us that our faith can be added to. Second um, Peter 1 verse 5 says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. So your faith can actually be increased. You can increase your faith by adding to it other things. You can add to it. You can pair it up with other things and it will grow. It will develop. Faith is also something that is tested. And we read about it in James chapter 1, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. So when your faith is tried, and James is talking about the kind of trial that is produced through hardship, when your faith goes through hardship, difficulty, struggle, um, um, a workout, when your faith is worked out, it grows, it gets bigger, it gets stronger, and it's able to, to produce something called patience in you. You're able to wait longer than you used to, uh, because your faith is being tested, it's being tried, it's being exercised. So sometimes when we are asking God for more faith, we're actually asking for the opportunity for God to exercise that, and we might go through hardships, we might go through trials, we might go through circumstances that press on us and, and put us in a tight place, and the more we trust God through that, we come out on the other side with patience, the ability to wait for God to give us the answer. Now, you can turn to 1 Peter 1 and 6 and see this again. He talks about how we should greatly rejoice when we are going through heaviness and manifold temptations. Why should we rejoice? Because it's the trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perishes though it is tried with the fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. In other words, your faith, when it is tried, it's like putting it into a fire. It gets more pure. It gets more valuable. It gets stronger. It gets more resilient and will bring more praise, honor, and glory to God when Jesus Christ appears and we we have to we can put aside the trials because he'll come and make everything right again. Um, faith is that thing, our natural faith or our our standard endowment of faith is something that can be growed, uh, grown. It can be something that that is added to. It can be something that is made more precious through trial and temptation and struggle because the more we trust God through our problems, the more our faith becomes valuable. Think of a collector's item. You know, I remember hearing on the radio recently that if you have the original iPhone, the first one that came out, I think in 2008 or 2009, 
if you have that original iPhone still in the box, it's worth quite a bit of money today, like in the thousands of dollars. Now it was only $600, I think when it first came out, but now because, not because the phone is anything special. In fact, the iPhone today is far better than the original one that first came out. But the fact is, if you bought that phone and never opened the box, you just said, I'm going to buy this because someday it's going to be worth something. Then then in a sense, you know, it, you held on to it, you treasured it, you, you, you kept it. That thing becomes precious as the years go on. Now, faith is a little different because faith is not something you buy and hide. Faith is something you you receive from God and you you uh, use and invest and and it grows. But the 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 principle there is faith is small when you first get it. It's not of much value when you first get it. It's very small. It's just enough to get you saved. But it needs to be stretched and 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 added to and tried and purified and grown. And the faith that you have 10 years later is far more valuable than the faith you had when you were first saved. But what is all of that compared to the gift of faith? Well, the gift of faith is a springboard of faith that, you know, if you're on this level of faith, the gift of faith takes you up to like this level. It's a springboard. It's an immediate, but it's not permanent. It's momentary. It's a it's a period of time, a short period of time in which God supernaturally increases your faith. He turns up the dial on your faith ability, and you can declare something, believe something, have confidence in something that is completely impossible because God may have given you a word or you have a prophecy, you have some kind of a, an assurance from the Lord that he is going to do X, Y, Z. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians 13. He said, and though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith. So Paul indicates here that, that, that when, you know, as a regular believer, you don't have all faith. Now, you may have faith to receive the Holy Ghost. How do you have faith for that? Well, you've already received the Holy Ghost. So it's very easy for you to have faith to receive the Holy Ghost. Likewise, because you've received the Holy Ghost, it's easy for you to pray for someone to receive the Holy Ghost because it happened to you. So you know it can happen and God wants it to happen to so-and-so. So it's easy to have faith for that, that miracle or that situation because it happened to you. But you may not, you may have faith to receive the Holy Ghost or even pray someone through to the Holy Ghost, but you may not have faith for God to cure cancer instantaneously because one, it's not happened to you. It hasn't happened to anybody you're close to. You heard stories of it, but you've never seen it with your own eyes. You never experienced it for yourself. So it becomes something that you have to really work hard to have confidence in, but God can give you the gift of faith for that particular need or moment, and he can level you up, so to speak, in that moment to give you the faith you need for that particular situation. Now, Paul indicates here that the gift of faith is specifically for things like removing mountains, removing large obstacles that stand in the way of what God wants to do. Paul said, I can have all faith to remove mountains. 
And he's he's pulling that from a, a variety of, of things that Jesus said. Um, and I'll, I'll cite one of them here in Luke 17, 5, where the apostle said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree, be thou plucked up by the root and be planted in the sea and it should obey you. <clears throat> and so what the Lord is saying to his disciples here is that God can give you an increase of faith that really on the scale of faith is just small. It's very little, but it's enough to boost your faith to do something that's impossible. Now, the context of this particular scripture is Jesus is talking about forgiveness, and he's telling his disciples, if someone offends you so many times in a day, you know, uh, and it was a large number, then, then you should just be able to forgive them. And the disciples looked at him and said, Lord, increase our faith. In other words, they didn't believe that was possible. And so Jesus said, guys, it is possible, and God can give you just enough faith to help you remove the obstacle that stands in your way of doing what God wants you to do. And that's the, that's the idea. The gift of faith is given to remove an obstacle that stands in the way of what God wants to do. Sister Stacy told the story of the mother who God told her, I want your son to be a pastor. That was the word. That was the word of prophecy that was given to her. That was a prophetic word that was given to her. And she held on to that. Well, when her son died, she said, wait a minute. Here's now a mountain standing in the way of what God said he wanted to do. Well, if God said he wanted my son to be a pastor, he can't be a pastor if he's dead. So I'm going to tell the hospital to wait. I'm going to go to the hospital and I'm going to pray in Jesus' name because this is what God said. So God's going to have to do something about this. So her faith was a gift for that moment because God had given her a word of what he wanted to do. The obstacle in the way was a real obstacle. He was dead. And so God needed to remove that obstacle so that what God wanted to accomplish through his life could be accomplished. And he used her to exercise that faith and to work a miracle in that situation. That's what the gift of faith is for. And you might notice that the gift of faith is really a, a baseline for all the gifts of the Spirit. You really do need the gift of faith to help you step out and give a word of prophecy. You really need the gift of faith to help you step out, if you've, especially if you've never been used in tongues and interpretation. You definitely need that, that kick of faith in your heart that pushes you out of your comfort zone and says, God is moving on me in a unique way. He wants me to speak out in tongues and give an interpretation. It takes faith to do that, and oftentimes it takes the gift of faith to help launch you into that. Likewise, when someone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of faith is very instrumental to be used when praying someone through to the gift of the Holy Ghost, because what's about to happen to them is a supernatural experience. They need more faith than perhaps the norm they have enough saving faith to believe that Jesus died for them on the cross and that they're forgiven of their sins, and they need that little gift of faith to push them into the working of miracles, which is speaking in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. So the gift of faith is the baseline 
of all of the gifts of the Spirit. It, it helps launch us into the gifts of healing. And as we saw by this testimony Sister Stacy gave, the gift of working of miracles, the gift of faith precedes these and helps them be activated and used. Oftentimes, the gift that is given, the gift of faith that is given, comes with authority. Um, and, and the last scripture I'm going to read here in closing is Acts 4 and 29. And so the, the, the story here is the disciples have just seen a miracle of the healing of the man at the gate beautiful. But they, they run because they run back to the upper room and pray because the Sanhedrin, the Jewish leaders, are closing in on them. They've arrested Peter and Paul already, and they're threatening to beat them and, and hurt them. And so the believers are now coming together after all that's taken place. And they're pretty afraid. They're they're feeling threatened. They're feeling uh, afraid of what is about to happen if we keep speaking in the name of Jesus. And so they pray and they say, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of thy holy child, Jesus. What they're praying for is the gift of faith. With all boldness, they may speak thy word. It takes boldness, and boldness comes when you know God's going to back me up. This is what he wants. This is what he said. He wants people to hear this. He wants people to receive this. So I can speak boldly, but I need that gift of faith. And they, they prayed that to help compensate their fear, to help compensate their their insecurities. They prayed for faith so that they could continue the work that God was wanting them to do. Fear was a mountain that stood in their way. Uh, 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 the threatenings were a mountain that stood in their way. They prayed for boldness, i.e. faith, that they might speak the word of God and that they might, they might stretch forth their hand and God uh, likewise would stretch forth his and they could heal and signs and wonders would be done in the name of Jesus. That is the gift of faith. Next week, we'll cover healings and miracles, and I'm excited for that lesson. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you tonight, and I look forward to seeing you all on Sunday. God bless. Have a great rest of your night.